pandemonium reigns. This just in. The NCAA still sucks. They sucked yesterday. They'll suck today. They'll forever suck. Mike points out before we get going that the NCAA has cleared Tez Walker five games into the Tar Heel schedule. I'm Dan. He's Mike. This is Pandemonium Reigns, and the NCAA still sucks. They are as crooked as any elected official in the government. They are as incompetent as, as any organization in that same realm. I don't know what to say. That's absolutely pitiful. Um, y'all, just go away. Just please go ahead and die. Give up the fight. Pull the plug. You're done. So my son has this routine, whether I put him down for a nap or put him down at bed for the night. I lay him down. I say the scripture over him. I cover him up, and then I begin to hand him things. His monster from Sesame Street, his juice cup, and a book. All right? And the process is the same. Ex- the exact same, every same time, dude. Every every stinking time. So here's here's what happens. I'll lay him down. I'll cover him up. I'll go to hand him a monster, and I'll go, uh, and he'll push it away from me, and I'll go to put it down at the end of the crib, and he'll go, uh, reach him for it, and then he'll let me hand it to him. And then I repeat the exact same process with the juice cup, right? I go to hand it to him. Uh, don't want it. Pushes it away. I go to put it down at the end of the crib. Uh, I want it. I hand it to him. And we do the exact same thing with the book right after that. You know what that reminds me of? The NCAA. They have no rhyme or freaking reason for what they do. They just do it and they whine. And you know what? They, they, they just get away with it. You know what? And my son, he just gets away with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense when it's a toddler, not when it's an organization that's God knows how old. And for some reason, we still let them run some of these sports. I'm obvious. It's obvious that football is breaking away from it. The playoff is the end-all, be-all, they're not ran or owned by the NCAA. But, you know, unfortunately, this happens in every sport. You know, basketball, you name it, softball, baseball, um, where they're much more involved. They're much more involved with the with the postseason of those sports. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a fraud. And I feel for this young man. I don't remember all the reasons why he transferred more than one time or transferred now to North Carolina. Obviously, he put on a show at King State to get him to North Carolina. But – Five games gone, and he's a junior. So, what do you, I mean? I don't even know what you do. Mac Brown should do the same ordeal that he did last time when he was so saucy with the NCAA. He should do it all over again. No kidding. No kidding. Well, um, at this point, all we can do is complain about it because, you know, the NCAA is not going to hear it. Uh, so with that said, we got a we got a we got a weekend slate that we got to look at. And before we tap into this, I want to tell you to like and subscribe, follow us, do us a favor right now in this moment, while you're driving, whatever it is you're doing, while your ears are being tickled, push the follow button, push the subscribe button, hit like on this video, you stupid piece of crap. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I love you. And we love you. Yes. All right. So we got a, a great weekend. Uh, coming up upon us, another one that we do not deserve. So with that said, the Red River Rivalry, noon kickoff on ABC, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time, which um, if you are a fan of one of these teams, you got to be exhausted with this kickoff time. This is, I mean, my we're talking about one of the premier rivalries in college sports. 
Texas, Oklahoma, and you keep doing an 11 a.m. noon kickoff, depending on your time zone. It's 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 highway robbery. Hey, here's the greatest benefit of these teams leaving the Big 12, making their way to the SEC, is there will not be any more big noon kickoffs on Fox for these teams. Sure, they'll have noon games. Every team will, and they'll continue to do that. But they won't be in that big noon on Fox slot anymore. It'll be, you know, ESPN. ABC. It's what? This is, this is ABC. This is ESPN, bro. Good grief. What are we doing? Hey, right. Okay. That's take, what I'm saying. I take it all back. I take it all back. This is why we don't make assumptions, kids. This is why you do your homework or you look at your phone that's in your lap where you're looking at the game's preview in real time. What are we doing? Your big noon kickoff is Maryland at Ohio State. Go Terps. <laughs> Texas. What are we doing? Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Get make this a night game and don't ever change it. I don't care how good or bad each team is. It's a heated rivalry. Put it at seven o'clock. Texas coming in at five and a half point favorites with an over under of sixty and a half. Points shall be scored. Dragons shall be slayed. And uh, just as you mentioned uh, in passing, just kind of a second ago. The last Red River rivalry that we get as Big 12 conference members. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll never be a huge fan of these teams coming southeastern. Um, I'll never be a huge fan of that. But it is, it is an awesome rivalry to be in the, in the conference. It's, that's among the best. It's right up there with Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Auburn. That's your mm-hmm. yeah. you know, cup of tea. You name it. It's right up there with it. Um, yeah, I do expect points to be scored in this one. 60 is a lot. It's not that much. It's just 30 apiece. This game could totally go into the 30s and 40s. It's done it way too many times when these teams and, – and granted, there's been a Lincoln Riley effect in some of those games that we've talked about yeah. that we've yeah. beaten that horse into uh, you know a fine pulp. But points could definitely be scored here. At the same time, the defenses have come along. Brent Venables getting things much more headed in the right direction in year mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. The defensive line of Texas looking like they're already in the SEC with what they did to Alabama, what they've done to opponents so far. Uh, the mm-hmm. offense has, you know, taken halves off here and there at times. I don't expect that to be the case for this big game. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your feel, though? I mean, you know, where, where are you sitting at on the on how many points you see being scored here, and who you got? Well, that's like the fun stuff. I want to get I want to get to uh, get like through the meat grinder first, if that's okay. I mean, absolutely, yeah. So so. Uh, last Red River rivalry in this conference, and also if you look at Texas's schedule, really their last major test on paper, anyway. Now, you know Kansas State is never a pushover. I believe they have guys like TCU left as well. But as far as roster for roster, you know, I mean, this is going to be it. And you you never really know in these rivalry games. I mean, especially if you've played the video game you just never know in the rivalry games um but we've seen it in real life as well i mean we saw it last week what what business on paper did auburn have and hanging with georgia rivalry game uh, auburn playing with house money right uh not saying that oklahoma is playing with house money because they have a lot on the table this is they are the most quiet top 15 team in the country and a national brand with a recognizable logo that you'll find, you know, all over the world, and nobody's talking about them. Yeah, it, 
it's it's funny for I guess you know a 2022 hangover for Oklahoma to to really be in effect because of how how big they are as a brand because of how consistent they've been you know since the day basically the day that Stoops got there and had Leach calling his plays doing that thing uh, you know the early success that they had they didn't stop winning games they they barely if ever had a drop off until 2022. Um, and, and it's weird to think that, you know, I, the only reason that I could come up with is their schedule not being so great so far. Um, and again, just a, a hangover effect from 2022 when they were terrible breaking mm-hmm. in a first year head, a first time first year head coach uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of transfers, a lot of transfers in some guys out, obviously Caleb Williams, you know, Spencer Rattler, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I can think of as to why they've kind of been written off and have been so under the radar for an undefeated number 12 team in the country, yeah. Oklahoma, nonetheless. Yeah. 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 So with that said, um, Texas wins this game. Got to be staring at the playoff. I mean, Dude. unless you just straight up pull uh, old classic Texas losing one that they shouldn't, which is still doable. You know, Kansas State can still pull this off. But again, your last big test. But if you win this again, you win this. Man, you got to be staring at the playoff, right? That's that's got to be the. I mean, if, if if week eight gets here and you know the Herb Streets of the world doesn't have Texas in your in your playoff, then what like what are we doing here? Because there's there's yeah. nobody left. Yeah, yeah. After after this game featuring unbeaten Oklahoma, the the next best records that they'll face is one loss BYU at home. They also get one loss, Kansas State, at home. And, of course, that's all as of right now. Those teams could drop a game. Before then, Texas mm-hmm. could lose this game for sure. Yeah. They could lose, you know, along the way. It, it is what yeah. it is. They they close out October hosting BYU, who at the moment has one loss, and then pick back up the, the first weekend, weekend of November with mm-hmm. currently one loss, Kansas State, who doesn't look as potent as they have been at times. We know they're dangerous and – Mm-hmm. Lord knows they live to snap a team like Texas. It's what they live yeah, for, for sure. especially especially with the target that you've talked about and that we've talked about on here uh, with these teams leaving the conference. That how big the target on their back will be, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to slam the door shut and let it hit them where the good Lord good Lord split them. Yeah, you know they could yeah. lose a game, but it's going to get could. much lighter for Texas on after after Saturday. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, if you win, it's right there. If you lose, there's a whole nother narrative on you because you've beaten Bama, but now you've lost to Oklahoma, who, again, nobody has been talking about. Uh, now shifting gears to Oklahoma, like, who are you? Again, super quiet inside the top 15. If you win, I mean, you got to be staring at the college football playoff as well, right? I mean, we're that far along for them, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the so, winner of this game. I mean, the winner of this game needs to be the, – the, really, the Big 12 relies on the winner of this game not losing again. Yeah. The truth of, you know, all, all common knowledge and common sense points to Texas doing it because of their win in Tuscaloosa, if nothing else, and, and how long we've been waiting for Texas to get back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, if Oklahoma wins this game, they're, they're right there looking at a playoff uh, bid as well. Agreed. Agreed. And there, I think I want to point out some st- statistics that might surprise you and hopefully surprise uh, the listeners out there. The first one that I want to lead off with, uh, because I'm like, who is Oklahoma? Who are they? Um, and I was pointed out by a podcaster that I like to listen to points out two and a half 
takeaways per game for the Oklahoma defense. Yeah, and and that's strong. Uh, that's it's, real it's strong. Not, uh, it's it's listen, it's strong. It, it's just not as strong for me when it's Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, who gave them a fourteen point game when everyone thought it would be much more than that, even though it was at Cincinnati. Um, okay. And then you know they they murder Iowa State, which everyone's doing this year. Yeah. Um, but sure, yes, absolutely, still impressive to get your your defense's hands on that many, you know, turnovers is is very impressive. Yeah. Um, it's it's shocking, really, the turnaround. It's it's we're in a vintage second year turnaround. This is what good coaches do in year two, um, and obviously that's just supplementing their offense, which has been fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, some so some other statistics that I want to throw at you. Uh, large in part, in some places, Texas and Oklahoma are, are at the top of this cons- inside of the Big 12. Uh, rushing yards per game, Texas 191, Oklahoma 157. For the brand that is Oklahoma, I think that I would like to see that 157 higher. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, for who they are. Brand. Uh, speaking slowly of the brand and just who they are. Here's the one that caught me off guard. I was not ready for this. Passing yards per game. Texas, 286. Oklahoma, 352. Dylan Gabriel, dude, doing work. A quiet 1,500 yards, seven yards away from pushing 1,600. 15 touchdowns, two picks. It's better than Quinn Ewers, who's sitting at 1,310 scores. You're correct. It is It is better. Um, You're going to bring the pundits up again? <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not going to oh, do no? it here. Oh, no? Okay. Because right. I've, I've, I've already done it a time or two, so I'm not going to do it here. But I am going to say that I do like the balance of Texas better. And, and the reason being, you've got sure. Jonathan Brooks leading the way on the ground for Texas at 597. 597 mm. yards, 6.9 per carry through mm. five games. And, yeah. and now I will remind you here that is having played Alabama at Alabama, whereas for Oklahoma, you've got a guy at 199, Marcus Major, uh, Marcus Major. You've got uh, Walker at, at 193. Not quite the same sexiness when it looks at you know per carry. Mm-hmm. It's it's all it's it's a lot more through the air for Oklahoma, which is typical Oklahoma. You know the way it has been. That's nothing new. Uh, it is kind of funny that it's a defensive coach running it now, a defensive that coach that's that's running the program there now and they're doing those yeah. things but but yeah i do like the balance of texas more when you're just looking at a couple hundred yards here or there in in gabriel's favor versus the schedule that he's played fair enough fair enough well last statistic and then we'll get in predictions uh their defense sits at number one and number two in the conference texas allowing 290 yards per game Oklahoma allowing 319 yards per game. Uh, so I think you do make a good point with considering the opponent and the balance that you mentioned that is Texas is going to have an impact on that defensive number as well. All right. Well, let's get into the fun stuff. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to ask you, what's what's the X factor? What What is the – yeah, what's the X factor? What's the, what's the indicative element, person, play – Group, whatever, going into this. There's there's two that jump jump just straight off the page for me. Okay. And it's both on defense for, for Oklahoma. Can their defensive line do anything more than Alabama's front was able to do? 
Meaning, can they make can they speed Quinn Ewers up? Can they make comfortable? Can they force him into a turnover when he's been very very clean with the ball so far? Yeah, both quarterbacks have three three interceptions combined. The two of them through ten games. Can they do anything that Alabama wasn't able to do defensively uh, in this game? And then I look at the cornerbacks and I look at the safeties. Are they able to do anything when you talk about Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, uh, Whittington tied in? You know that's just that's a filthy threesome of, of of pass catchers for for the for the Longhorns. The Sooners are spreading the ball around as well. Now they're whereas I highlighted Texas running backs, Oklahoma's doing it through the air. They've got some really really nice numbers there. But again, can the defensive line do anything that Alabama wasn't able to? And or their secondary secondary pick up the slack there. Yes, not. I agree with you. I'm trying not to laugh, man. If I'm totally honest, because you said threesome, and my mind went to what you diggity doing here. Um, so, <laughs> I'm gonna move on. Uh, oh. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think my the X factor for me is is going to be the Oklahoma defense as well. Uh, my mind went back to those elite Clemson defenses under Brent Venables and how aggressive they were. Uh, and that's going to play uh, the cause and effect game with with Quinn Ewers and what kind of impact that has on him. But I really think it's them. I think you're going to see an uber-aggressive uh, Sooner defense. And that being said, can Texas respond with the continued balance? Because I, I think Texas also offensively is, is going to match that aggressiveness and, and take their shots downfield. I mean, you have to, you have the dudes, Xavier Worthy, oh, yeah. Adonai Mitchell, right? And you've got the running game, as you said. Uh, but how is, is, is the aggressiveness of Oklahoma going to bite them in the butt? Are there going to be times where they do need to let it come to them a little bit? And I just don't think that's Venable's mindset or DNA – He's a go-getter. And I also don't think they can play that game. I think they have to be aggressive, that they have to force the issue. I think if they sit back, boy, I think Texas will put up 50 on them. I mean, could put up 50 on them. They, I, I, they do not want to let this game come to them, I don't think. They need to be aggressive, find ways to do it. Yes, see, that's my that's my argument. I, I think Texas can do it no matter what style they play. But and I agree. With that being I agree. said, I think you do need to play the aggressiveness because like, if you're going to do it, like it needs to be because you, you, you pursued them hot. And it's, it's almost like we talked about Tennessee needing to do with Spencer Rattler. Don't sit back if he's already going to have a big game. In theory, obviously didn't. And you got pressure with four and five, and especially if you blitz him more than that, you beat him yeah. up all night long. Yeah. You know, why let Quinn Ewers sit there and do that to you if you're not having success with four? Be aggressive. Yeah. Be exotic. Venables yeah. is, is among the best at that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's your best route, man, if, if you're Oklahoma. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's get into the the, the predictions here. Uh, we've talked it to death. Going to be a long segment here. Texas, five and a half, over under, 60 and a half. What you got? Texas is going to cover. I think Texas is good for a 10 to 14-point win here. I'm going to say that we, that we hit the over because I think it's going to be something like 41 to 28 or 30 for Oklahoma. Um, I give, just give me have, a, give me a got, narrow down the number for me. I got to write it down. Got to put it in ink. Forty-one thirty, Texas. Forty-one thirty. Yeah, that's that's just the way I see it playing out. I've got a lot of trust in them. Obviously, Sark has Sark man is is what's not really I feel like getting talked about unless you really dig deep. It's just all about you know Texas in general and Quinn Ewers and the the weapons outside. Mm-hmm. I think he's coaching. I, he's I think he's in the middle of one of his best coaching efforts outside of you know 
2020 Alabama or, you know, he'll never have weapons like that again, probably. But I think he's been fantastic. Can't say enough about their defense and the strides that they've taken there. Just the way they were able to to maul Alabama at times. I mean, if they're if they're able to speed Gabriel up or, or put him on the ground a bunch. I don't like Oklahoma's run game in this. They already don't seem totally dead. Obviously, they, they're doing things through the air, and, and you stick with what's working. But I think they need to be able to run and, and buy some time for Gabriel, have some play-action opportunities, yada, yada, RPOs. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't like the way that sets up for them. I think they're still probably like a year, maybe two, behind what Texas has been able to do and how they've built back kind of really frequently. Obviously, they're in year three, and Oklahoma's in year two of the current era. You know what I mean? It's, it could yeah. be as simple as that. Yeah. But I like I like I like Texas by ten to fourteen in this game. All right, forty-one thirty, Texas. He says I'm going to say Texas wins, but they don't cover. I've got okay. them 35-31. And let me just say that as I as I give my final score here, the only thing that will surprise me as far as outcome goes is really just an Oklahoma win of any sort. That's really the only thing I think is going to surprise me. I see a Texas win here, which is crazy because the ESPN FBI has got Texas at 45%. They exactly. like Oklahoma I, here. I forgot to mention that. But Vegas is obviously leaning Texas. Uh, at the end of the day, Yes, this is the best roster that uh, from here on out Texas will face on paper, but for dude for dude, stud for stud, star for star, I like I like for Sarkeesian to look at his team and go, okay, listen, I know who you are, uh, but I believe that my dude is better than your dude. Um, so we're going to sling it downfield. We're going to run it down your throat on the, when the down and distance is short, right? Um I just like Texas's dudes better. So you've got 41-30 Texas. I've got 35-31 Texas. We're both taking the over. Texas gets the win in the last Red River rivalry. Say that five times fast in the Big 12. The Tide travel to Aggieland come Saturday, 3.30 kickoff, more like 3.45 kickoff because it will be on CBS, and I'm so done with this SEC contract. Cannot wait for this to be over. Nonetheless, the Tide travel to Aggieland, Alabama, one-point favorites. And as we as we just said before we hit the record button on this, Alabama, not a very good offensive team. Not a very good offensive team? Um, you know, we talked about this before we hit the record button too, but a super weird over under a 46. Yes. That that's so, so low for a game of this magnitude because we also we got to talk about how big this game is for both coaches in a minute. Um 46 points is a weird number. It's obviously a low number. I mean, not even 25 points a piece mm-hmm. if you break it down that way. Alabama's offense struggling mightily mm-hmm. to pass yep. the ball consistently. Uh they can hit the deep ball. Just how many times can they do it is really how I would describe their pass game right now. Right. Uh, and can they hit anything intermediate that's not a screen uh, or, or a drag or, you know, line of scrimmage throw? We'll see. Weird number. Uh, the defenses are playing well outside of for Texas A&M on the road at Miami. I mean, Miami's playing a lot better. That that They have a lot to, to say with that more than just Texas A&M and their, how off they were that day. But, yeah, that's so low. And – Vegas is expected defense. Yeah, as they should. I mean, I am. Yeah, yeah. I would expect both both defensive lines to to have a big day, I think. Well, I mean, you just look at 
Okay, you look at Bama and the offensive struggles and, you know, the the playing around of Milrow at quarterback and, you know, him throwing Jarrett Gorntono like interceptions. And then you flip over to the other side, AM and and the loss of Wagman or Wagman or however you say it, and inserting the son of legend Brad Johnson. I don't even know his first name. Luke Johnson, Wes Johnson, Mike Johnson. I think you had it. I think you had Luke, it. Brad. Luke, Brad. Brad. No, his son. What's the son's name? Oh, Max. Sorry. Yeah, Max. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, Max last time ben I heard. Johnson. Yeah. The last time I heard the name Max was on the Goofy movie. So, uh, nonetheless, so <clears throat> that's not ideal for them. I mean, they were they were very hopeful with with Wagman. They, they liked that trajectory. So surely offensive woes. But if you're looking at both, all right, and you're looking at both on paper, I really like what A and M has to offer. Really, no matter who it is, because of Evan Stewart and Ananias Smith, and you know, just some of the weapons that they have there. Um, I'm really surprised at this one point favor in in Bama's direction. Like, what are you telling me about A and M at home? You know, I, are are you just are you saying that that the Bama defense is that stout because? With a porous offense, a defense can only hold up for so long, right? De- 100%. I mean, a, a defense, a defense more than likely, you know, is not going to score you points enough points needed to win a football game for you. But if it's the opposite, where you've got a um, um, a functioning offense but a porous defense, I mean, you like your odds better because at the end of the day, you have to get points on the board, especially in in today's world. But I'm I really can't figure out that spread, that one point spread in Alabama's favor. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. Especially what I can't figure out is the matchup predictor, sixty six percent in Alabama's favor. That just seems. I mm-hmm. mean, look, we just talk, talked about it. Oklahoma is like a fifty five forty five favorite in the matchup predictor. Alabama 66 to 34 over Texas A&M. Yeah. You know, here here's what I can't here's where I here's where I have issues. Are are we saying that the Miami loss for Texas A&M is that much worse than the Texas loss for Alabama? Are we saying that I mean, we have to be saying something along those lines because mm-hmm. Alabama's offense has just been so on and off. I mean, sure they had a great day against Mississippi State. LSU did, you know, South Carolina did. Yeah, who hasn't had a great day really against Mississippi State so far with their offense and and their all the changes going on there? Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. And and we also, if we haven't mentioned it here yet, I mean, yeah, the line's trickling down. It's coming closer and closer to a pick'em. It was up to two, maybe three, to start out, and it's only down to Alabama by one right now. Mm. But I mean, I don't have any read on what the signs are for them to be so so much more of a favorite than Texas A and M in the matchup predictor starting out as a, a road favorite here. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make yeah. sense for me. Yeah. I I really think this game comes down to what Jalen Milrow that Bama gets, you know, can I think he connect? Totally correct. Yeah. Can, can he hit on some deep balls? And if he can, I mean, I don't think he has to hit very many. I, oh, yeah. I really, really don't. Um, will they show some quarterback powers, uh, some veers with him? Can they find some ways to get him in open space? His his athleticism, his ability as a ball carrier is a major difference to me, which brings me back to this one-point spread. I, I would like to think it has more of an impact on that. 
but I guess that all depends on Tommy Reese, right? Like, does can he dial up the calls? Can he can he lure the safeties down with some quarterback run and then show quarterback power and then try to hit something over the top? You know, I'm not real sure. But then, but then you have just the opposite. If if Milrow does this thing, which he has done in in pretty crucial moments of throwing it to you know throwing the the out or throwing the corner with with the defender sitting up underneath it, you know, for the easiest pick of their life. And if they get that, Jalen, then it's just the opposite. And I think it's more than a one point spread in yeah. in A and M's favor. So I really don't yeah. understand these numbers. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean. There's so many numbers. Like I like Texas A&M's. I don't. I don't know much about their running game just because of the guys they've lost. We see Devin Haychain doing the things he's doing in Miami. I mean, I don't. I don't know much about Moss and and Owens. I don't know as and Daniels. I don't know as much about those guys. But I love Evan Stewart. I love Anaya Smith. I like them better than Alabama's pass catchers right now, mm. mainly and, and in part due to the guy delivering the ball. Uh, looking at you, Jalen Milrow. And the other thing is. He's as as freaky of an athlete as we've seen starting at quarterback in the SEC in a minute. Okay. Yes. yes. He's taking 15 sacks. Being that guy, he's still taking 15 sacks. This is a good Aggie front. Lord, they paid, you know, they NIL'd for him. They did all the things that Jimbo said they haven't done for him. That's a solid front. Mm-hmm. Texas AM's quarterbacks have only taken six sacks a piece, uh, three apiece. Dude. Wait, okay. Three. Max Johnson's taking three. Uh, Johnson's a little lower in the completion percent uh, department. He's only at 62.5 for 60.7, but there's just not enough things to get me to to like Alabama that much on the road here. Yeah, okay. I I, I think we're going to land in, the, in a similar spot then. All right, so let's let's talk final scores over over unders. Let's 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 nail it down here. Uh, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Go ahead, go ahead. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. I win. I'm going to take the Aggies. 28-17 at home. I think you're going to get a struggling Milrow. I think that Bama and AM will go back and forth into the top of your fourth quarter or late into the fourth quarter, probably midway through, and I expect Milrow to make a really costly mistake. His legs will keep them in it. In the end, you know, somewhere uh, he's going to throw it, causing them to fall short. 28-17, Aggies. I'm right there with you. Uh, even lower on the score on the points total because I do like the defenses more than the offenses here. And I'm going AM wins this outright. The spread's a non factor because it's one point. 23 to 13, Texas AM. Woo. So Bama doesn't do much of anything. That's what you're telling Not me. Not much at all. Not much at all. Wow. Wow. Well, hopefully, this is one of the last times that we have to tune in to CBS to. To, to catch one of these classics. Nonetheless, we're both taking the Aggies, hosting the Tide. I got them 28-17. He's got them 23-13. Roll, Aggies, roll. Kentucky Wildcats, meow, traveling to the dogs. Woof, woof. I regret doing that. I'll never do that again. 7 o'clock ESPN in Sanford Stadium. Kentucky fans all over TikTok letting Georgia fans know that they coming. Talking Deion Sanders type language. We coming. UK coming. UK coming. Um, I just want to lead it off with this, bro. Ray Davis will not do what he did last week. I know I'm Ray stating Davis. the obvious. He will not. 
He's good. If Ray Davis has 60 yards, okay? If he has 60 yards, I'll be surprised. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm really? just telling you how I'm going to feel. Yes. Kentucky's got some balance to him, though. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect segue, Dan. Perfect mm. segue. Okay. All right. They've got some balance to him. And and they didn't need – all right, so throw out the Florida game because they didn't need a lick of balance, right? Okay. Vanderbilt game. You got, you got Vanderbilt two weeks ago now. Devin Leary, 205 pass yards, touchdown, two picks. Interceptions are the theme because I think he's thrown one in every game except for maybe Florida because, again, like 15 attempts. Every, all, all garbage games before that, I believe he threw a pick. Obviously, he put up some yards. He's got 10, 1,200 on the year, whatever. I don't like their balance. I don't like their balance. They obviously and, and again, they didn't have to show any of it against Florida because because Florida didn't know how to tackle Ray Davis and they didn't want to. Uh, but think about think about the runs and the way that Davis ran on Florida. Think about the long one that he hit off the left side of the offensive line there when it just opened up like the Red Sea. That is not happening in Sanford Stadium Saturday night. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, he's not going to do what he did. I think he's going to get his get his. I mean, it. I mean, it, and that could still that statement could still be shy of a hundred. I mean, that could sit around eighty. I think eight seventy five to eighty won't surprise me. Sixty feels awful low in my mind uh, because I, I, I. I mean, I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're. I don't care if you're. If you're uh, good defense in in the NFL Steelers. I don't know if they're good. Whatever. Any NFL team, you got you're looking at Devin Leary, you go, okay, well, he's 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 a smart decision maker. He can make all the throws. So there's a bit of respect there when you when you look at him. You if Georgia does this thing where they say you're not gonna run on us and load the box, I'm going if I'm Leary, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's play that game. And I'm not even sure that Kentucky has the dudes on the edge to to match, but I like the quarterback play enough. He that dude can throw receivers open. He can. He, he absolutely can. Um, it's a, it's a alar- look. It's alarming to me that we're five weeks in and he's thrown five picks. Okay, that's 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 what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm also saying that they've got Tavion Robinson, who's you know I think like a COVID super senior. It seems like he's been in college forever. I think this is the third year at Kentucky, and he started at VT. And obviously, they just want that you know that Wondell Robinson pipeline. That's the only reason they took him. But you got sophomores Barry and Brown, and you've got Dane Key, and obviously, I believe I believe Barry on Brown went up and made an electric catch against Georgia last year as a freshman. I know mm-hmm. he did against Florida, or Dane Key did against Florida. Those guys can do that. But I, what I think is that that's what they're going to have to rely on is some back shoulder stuff, some acrobatic type stuff. They're going to have to hope and pray and and do as much as they can to force Georgia into another one of these slow starts. I just don't think they have the the consistency and the true balance to do it for four quarters if they don't, and and this would be the most shocking result in a long time, if they don't put Georgia away early, which they're just they're not going to do. Nobody's done it. South Carolina had the chance to to take a huge lead on Georgia. They played their best half of football all year. They didn't do it. Auburn had their chances to win that game last week. They didn't do it. And it's a tall task. Let's let's be honest. For both teams it's a tall task. I don't like Kentucky's chances anymore. I'm gonna ask you a question, okay? All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sandwich this question around the fact that you and I are best friends. I don't care what your wife says. I'm your best friend, not her. All right. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I don't care what the other people in your life. I, I'm your best friend. Is okay. it possible? Is it possible 
that you are looking at them through orange goggles? Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You you loathe them, bro. You loathe loathe. I d- I do hate them. Don't get me wrong, but I don't respect them. Like that's the thing is I don't okay. respect them. Um, they they just had this quarterback that people talked about like he was going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. The draft talk started so early, and it never stopped for Will Will Levis. They never got a dang thing done with him. They they no. literally no. they literally did better with a wildcat quarterback who was a receiver. Terry Bowden? Better, yes, Terry Bowden. Or Lynn, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, they sorry. Better, they did better with Lynn Bowden than they did with mm-hmm. Will Levis. And that was with them bringing in Wondell Robinson for his first year at Kentucky, who he exclusively threw the ball to, let's be honest. None of those other guys mattered. I don't even know how they recruited those other guys <laughs> at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and now they've got Devin Leary still asking Auburn, still asking Florida, still asking Alabama how you let that guy transfer to Kentucky uh, when you need someone like himself, like what he was at NC State, if you get what it I'm was, saying. It was the Liam Cohen relationship, was it not? And it may have been. It may have been. Look, if Is I'm it Liam Cohen? Is that right? Is that the name? He is the offensive coordinator. He's, okay. he's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. was there for Will Levis' junior year. Uh, then he left, and, and now he's back. But, I mean, if I'm all those teams, or actually if I'm me, I'm asking myself how all those teams didn't walk to his house with their entire coaching staff and make him come to their school. Sure. Because I, I just don't – look, I don't trust Kentucky. They've had dudes, and, and now – that's fair. They've got as many dudes as they had. They've had. I don't remember a time in my life, 31 years of age, where they've had receivers like Dane Key, Varion Brown, and Tavion Robinson. They've got a I wouldn't call it a three-headed monster, but they've got three good options. They've yeah. always had one here or there. You know, they've had a Ray Davis before. They've put running backs in the NFL, Benny Snell. Uh, they just did it again. Uh, Rodriguez in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But they don't ever get anything done with them. And and even in part of the, I guess the orange bias, if there is one is that they can roll in with 10 wins and Tennessee having four or five and hmm. it not matter. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we just do. We own them. I said that way too soon. I should have waited post game, post Tennessee, Kentucky game to say that I've probably done jinxed it now. Well, listen, man, it's, it's not that I disagree. It's not, it's really not that I'm really more playing the devil's advocate. Cause I really wanted to stir your pot. It's really what it was. You did well. You did well. <laughs> they do have some similarities as far as statistics go. Uh, Kentucky allowing 297 yards per game. Georgia only allowing 10 less, 270, 87 yards per game. Excuse me. Kentucky total offense, 396 yards per game. Georgia with almost 100 more and 481 yards per game. Uh, I said uh, on the last episode that Georgia fans need to chill out, that Carson Beck is your guy. I don't know if you actually went and listened to that. Did you get a chance to go listen to that? I Good. Did, told you. And- and I actually wanted to mention that just now as well. He is your guy. The stats line up with and Seth is not the greatest. He's not the greatest barometer. He's not his first starts as Georgia's quarterback. It's not what you want to strive for. It's what he did in the end that you want to strive Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he's on pace with that. He's doing fine. The deal is they don't have the the dump trucks and the train, you know, the game yes. Yes. in the center of their defensive line. They or have, in their backfield. Or in their backfield. 100% agree. Yeah, the, and and this is where I think, speaking of their backfield, this is where on the offensive end of their backfield, a committee can bite you at times. You know? Yeah. You've got Dejan Edwards just now getting back to health. You've got Kendall Milton, who's still trying to get back, back to health. You lost Branson Robinson. 
and and you've lost so many dudes to the NFL. Right, a, an unbelievable amount of guys have gone to the NFL. It's it, it's going to catch up to you at times. You may three repeat in the middle of it. I hope to God you don't. You might. But you it's your defensive front really that you're missing. It's not your quarterback that you're missing right now. I, I I agree entirely with that, and I'm just saying the the cherry on top of that is also the lack of dudes that you've had in the backfield. Yeah. Like no, that, this is no disrespect to Edwards because I think he's a really good running back. I think he's one of the, I think he's top five conference. All right, he's he's yeah. he's, he's a really good running back. But then you turn around and you're, you're you're also handing it off to a guy wearing a receiver number who actually does not bad, but he's not what you've had in the past. And then you turn around. I believe your third string guy is a white dude. Uh, Cash Williams, Cash Johnson, Cash, Cash Money Jones. Records. I don't know. <laughs> Young money. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, my point remains not the stable that you have had. Um, and you could even make an argument that Carson Beck doesn't have the uh, receiving core that Stetson had. But the common denominator there is Brock Bowers. You know, they both, you know, have, got, have gotten time with him. Yeah. There's an argument there. I'm not saying that's the case. I do think there's an argument there. Uh, so I'll, I'll welcome a disagreement and probably even align with a lot, a lot of what you would say on that. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, Jordan, like they're like he's not the guy. What, what are you? Are you comparing the beginning of Carson Beck's career to the end of Stetson's? You made a great point right there. Great point. Yeah, and and the, now the one downside is that they should be doing a lot more with their receivers. And I know that's hard when you've got big number nineteen who should be in the Heisman race I now. Mean, just hand it to him leading. now. Hand it to him now. Stop the politicking. Stop the Caleb Williams repeat nonsense. It's hard to throw. Look, if I'm a quarterback, it's going to be hard for me not to look at not team. He could be blocking. And I'm like, here you go, buddy. That's what I'm doing. But you, the problem is you've, you've now got Dominic Lovett, who was a wide receiver one at Missouri. You've got Ra Ra Thomas, who put up unbelievable numbers at Mississippi State in an air raid. Good points. You've got yeah. Lad McConkey. <clears throat> now you've got Lad McConkey, who is your, you know, He's yeah. your wide receiver version of Brock Bowers in the security blanket sense, not in the explosion sense. Just now um, getting yep. back to health. And yep. that's big for them, man. That's I mean, look, if we're looking for Georgia to take a step and get out of these cold starts and all these things, these are the that this is your recipe for it. Is Lad McConkey's getting back. Milton is not going to be out all year. I do believe Branson Robinson is out all year, but you're going to be getting these guys back. Be thankful that you've got a factory of guys at offensive line. You're, you're sur- surviving your left tackle being out right now. Um, I mean, you're surviving all these things and you're winning in the process. It's just not pretty. But think about what Kirby's going to do with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Ears are going to yeah. be bleeding in the in, in halftime and, and in postgame. They're going to be bleeding. Yes. Long story short, you and I both agree on the the Carson Beck perspective. Like if 100%. you and I are Georgia fans, which we will never be. Um, never be. I mean, I think we would be cool with Carson Beck. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's doing well. He's smart with the ball. Like, like, what else do you want this guy to do right now? Um, Agreed. Whatever, whatever. It's not a video game. All right, here we go. Georgia sits at 14 and a half with an over-under set at 47 and a half. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot, you lose, go. Under. It's going Un- under. It's going, it's going under. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The game is going under. Where, where Georgia has had these close games so far, let's say they start fast and and jump up 14 or 20 to nothing on Kentucky. Well, the game's over that moment. They will not be throwing the ball another time unless it's, you know, 100% completion, that type of deal. 
Yeah. Uh, the game's over if they jump out. Let's say Kentucky jumps out. 10 nothing Kentucky, 10-3, 13, whatever, you name it. They're probably not scoring another point. Georgia's probably going to put that chokehold on them like they've done with Auburn, like they've done with South Carolina. It's a not game. The atmosphere should act. Look, if you can, you should be able to get up for Kentucky. They're undefeated. It's been your last home, your last home night game was UAB, who did some things that you probably weren't happy about scoring 21 points on you. And Kentucky fans are talking that talk. And Kentucky fans are talking that talk. You know, obviously Kentucky is not yet, of course, I don't think they will be. They're not Tennessee of last year talking that talk or they're and and also doing it on the field. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Their their schedule yep. is unimpressive, minus the fact that they 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 slap the cheeks off of Florida. That's the only thing to note yet, which teams should do this year mm-hmm. um it's going under all that to say it's going under there's not a path in my mind where we get 48 points and we go over there i don't see any circumstance georgia's winning this game if they if they play it slow and lackadaisical they're winning it by a touchdown i don't think they're going to because it's a night game your fans should be sitting there just ready to go off ready for you to break out of your quote unquote slump they should be doing it you should be ready to prove it to them Kirby has probably made your ears bleed since, you know, the day you committed or, you know, all that time until now when he's actually got material to coach you on. Kentucky is not ready for this. I'm sorry. They've got to prove it to me before I'll ever pick them to do something like this. Since I've already said it's going to be a low-scoring game, since every Kentucky-Georgia game over the last five years has been a brutally – it's a rainy, low-scoring game, you name it. Yeah. I'm going to say this one is 27-9, to Georgia. 27 to 9 in Georgia's favor. So Kentucky just doesn't really do anything. If they, wow. uh, you know, I just said if Ray Davis gets 61 yards, because if he goes over 60, I'll be surprised. If Kentucky scores one touchdown, I'll be surprised. If they score two, I will be floored. Yeah. Okay. And I think one would have to be defensively at that point. I'll agree with that. I think it would have to be a defensive touchdown. I'll agree with that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to sit at 28-14 Georgia, which which puts me at uh, what is that math? 42 points. You're under 42. Yeah, so so under um, few few points shyer than than I was expecting. Um, just a boring overall game. Yep, so boring. The 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 uh, the scoreboard will not be indicative of what is actually happening on the field. I, I, I agree with you. Georgia will have that anaconda like, you know, choke on throughout and simply because this, all right. So here, here's, here's my major difference. And I'm going to compare this with Georgia and Auburn last week. I said, Auburn's playing with house money. They're going to let it loose, you know, let it all rip, open the playbook, whatever, what not, yada, yada, yada. They got nothing to lose. Well, in the same sense, yes, Kentucky sits at 20, uh, top 20 ranking. They sit at 5-0. and oh. But also, what do you have to lose? Because everybody's already expecting you. I mean, are you really going to compete for the conference? I mean, I guess you could if there ever was a year. I mean, this might be it. Are you, completing for, are you competing for the playoff? No. So you should have a house money approach. But we've never seen that out of Kentucky. We've never Ever. seen that out under under Stoops. Um, he, I, it's almost like he tries to to play the we're the big dog. You know, we're the like we're not we're not the underdog. We are who we are. And I, I don't I don't know what his what his locker room speeches are, but that's the persona and the personality that we've gotten out of them since he has been at the helm. So I'm gonna say that Kentucky continues to Kentucky, 
28-14, dogs. But one question before we kill it. If Georgia does lose, if they uh, do, yeah. Yeah. This is not, it's not to- totally out of the realm of possibility. I mean, ESPN sure, yeah. would say that there's a 13% chance. Georgia's done, right, as a playoff contender. What? Really? Hesitation? They're not done. because They're not done. Okay. Because to me, they're not mm. done because there's no way. There's not a chance. Look. Hell would freeze over before Kentucky ran the table. Okay, I think they. Let me. Um, do they have Alabama? This is the year they have Alabama, right? On uh, you keep talking, and I'll it. confirm that for you. Uh, it, I, yes, so yes, they do. They do. Yes, now, they're going to host them, which is big. But see, I'll, I'll probably have a very similar spiel if we preview that game. Which who knows if we will? We'll see what those teams look like at that time. They're not running this table enough to keep Georgia out of Atlanta for one, and. I'm sorry. I just, I don't see, I don't see Alabama Georgia's loss. Excuse me, coming from an SEC opponent this year. I, I just don't see it. I mean, you're saying Neal you don't Staley, see them losing it to Kentucky? Well, I don't. I'm, I'm well. I'm I'm working with your scenario of if they did. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't, okay, All I right. don't think they're done in the playoff because of how open it is as of right now. And obviously, every year in Week Six, it's pretty open. But the SEC is wide open. There is no favorite in the West to really keep them from winning the SC championship game. And I think a one loss SEC champions in. Okay. Well, let me paint the scenario. You, you could potentially have a one loss PAC 12 champion. You could potentially have a, or excuse me, you, you could have an undefeated PAC 12 champion. You could have a one loss pack. You could have this scenario where Oregon and Washington and maybe USC beat up on one another. You mm-hmm. have a very real chance of having two of them. You have a very real chance of Michigan and Ohio state. You have or a Penn State or Penn State. You have a very real chance of an undefeated Florida State. Coming back to the Georgia conversation, you lose this game, and listen, this this isn't the BCS anymore. Committees, they're looking at the Kentucky brand. They're looking at the logo, and I think they're. Oh, that's a terrible loss, especially if you're if if they do like you're saying, where you know they're not going to run the table. I mean. Mizzou, who's now ranked Tennessee, Mississippi State, who that that's a that's a rivalry. Uh, hosting Alabama at South Carolina, that's not going to be easy. And now Louisville's really good. Okay, so they don't run that, so that makes that loss look worse. And it's at home, so I'll give you that. I'll and it's at that. home, yeah. yeah. And it's at home. I I have yeah. to think I, my chance. My like, listen, they lose this game. There's like a ninety. Excuse me. There's like an eight percent chance that you still make the playoff. I think I think it tanks you if you lose this one. Which is why yeah. if you're Mark Stoops, you just let it all hang out, man. Just like yeah, yeah. Uh, the totally agree. Yeah, like he's got. And see, that's a, that's a problem in and of itself because if he does flip his script, we don't know how it's going to go. It could implode. You know, is what it could do because sure. he's been so conservative. He is the opposite of of his brother and the flashiness at Oklahoma. He is the opposite. Um, you know, I just, it's hard for me to envision it. Obviously I'm saying that, but I just think there would be a crease in the door and I just don't ever think a one loss SEC, SEC champions get held out. Call me biased. I would say, look at history (laughs) is what I would say. You're right. But the strength of, but you're correct. If there's ever a year where there's going to be too many problems right now, it's this year. 
Well, even inside the conference, just just look at the SEC alone and and what our people are saying it's down. Now, you could argue that there's parity inside of it, but I think most of us agree that the conference is just down as a whole. And now you add the conference is down and you lost to Kentucky. I don't know, man. I don't think that's a good look for Georgia. It's now, a terrible recipe. You don't want to play that game. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Now, nonetheless, we both agreed that, you know, Georgia's going to win this game. I mean, and and you know the the, the difference, the X factor could just be seven o'clock at night in Sanford Stadium. And, that, and that, like I've, that, I've talked about so much, road teams are not performing well. Okay, you know Georgia's going to be doing their stupid shift of the defensive line and their sugar huddles, and the fans are going to be butt naked with red and black lettering and dog tags around their neck. They're going to be barking, you know. And Harry Harry Potter, how they say he was barking. That's what it's going to be. That's the scene. And I and I'm sorry, I don't see Kentucky being ready for it. <laughs> Trigger huddles and naked dog fans. That's all I heard. Yeah, that's it. Man. I, don't, I don't even know what a I don't even know what a sugar huddle is, but I'm going to be watching, stupid, be looking for one. The, the receivers are lined up, the offensive line, and then the quarterback and running back are in the huddle, and they sprint to the line. Gotcha, gotcha. Never and heard blow, it called they that. They see the blow Kentucky off the ball three yards before anybody gets touched. Okay, well, now that I know that is, I won't be looking for it, but I'm I'm definitely looking for naked Georgia fans in the stadium. At least men, you know. Never know about the women down there. <laughs> All right, we both predicted it. Uh, Georgia is going to uh, host the Kentucky Wildcats and and get that win. Uh, we like the dogs here. Real quick question before we kill it: What do you want to happen? I would like a uh, six to three or a three to two seven overtime game. Like where the heart just comes out of both of them. Yes, yes. Okay. That's and that's what I want for Texas A and M Alabama. You didn't have to ask, or you didn't bought you didn't you didn't ask, but I want seven overtimes because these are Tennessee's next two opponents, Texas A and M and Alabama. Give me give me the maximum number of overtimes before they stop the game for player safety. Three to two score or something like that. I'm going to say what I want is that both teams have to forfeit because sugar huddles, naked dog fans, and grown men dressed as cats are now considered illegal. They both have to forfeit. Go balls! All right, that's going to be all for us today. There will be more to be on the lookout for as far as the slate goes. Keep your eyes on Vanderbilt, Florida. Keep your eyes on... Things like Syracuse and North Carolina. There was another one that I wanted to point out here. Obviously, keep your eyes on Colorado at Arizona State. How does Colorado bounce back? Notre Dame at Louisville. Louisville is certainly no pushover. How does Ole Miss continue their energies against the against the Arkansas Razorbacks? And it's just a overall a good slate, man. Good slate. Um, we're not going to be like Kirby. He's going to make your ears bleed. We're going to tickle him, and we thank you for letting us tickle your ears. We love you guys. Make sure you hit the like button before you bounce off here. Make sure you tell your mama, your daddy, and your grandpa, and um, lame Gamecock fans about the Pandemonium Reigns podcast. We love you guys. God bless. Go Balls. GBO. 